Welcome to Sine Qua Non News. I'm your anchor, Persona Non Grata. We mock other news, report humorous human interest stories, and report news at a deeper level than the surface level reporting seen at most news outlets. We look at strategy, report with analogies for effect, and provide deeper insight into news events. We tell you what they don't want you to know. Or you can call me Joe. Since this is our debut, we'll catch up with the relevant stories over the last few years that still currently impact us. Since we like to ease our audience into real news, let's begin with our fake news segment, Totally Fake, Fake, and Marginally Fake News. We'll let you decide which is which. Rumors abound that CNN reporter Jim Acosta has intercourse with a different goat every Wednesday night, forcing him to answer that age-old Shakespearean question, to a draw or not to a draw? That is the question. Details are sketchy and, of course, professional ethics forbid us from revealing our sources. CNN reporter Van Jones, who declared the Trump vote on election night the most racist event in his life, claims that he was murdered three separate times by whites in the days following election night. When pressed to explain his current existence, he said, and I quote, I got better. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has been nominated for two additional awards by the Intergalactic Committee, Mangina of the Universe and Biggest Douche in the Universe. Las Vegas bookmakers have Cuomo as the odds-on favorite in both categories. If he sweeps, this would be a first in the history of the universe. Keep your fingers crossed. And cancel culture has been riding a wave of success with the canceling of Dr. Seuss and Pepe Le Pew. However, they suffered a setback when they had to uncancel Mr. Magoo. Apparently, canceling Mr. Magoo triggers impeachment proceedings against President Joe Biden. Gorilla Glue Girl made a splash and was fast-tracked as a Darwin Awards finalist when after running out of hair product, she decided to substitute Gorilla Glue. She voluntarily put the glue in her hair, voluntarily video recorded it, and voluntarily uploaded the video to the internet. When the SHTF, she solicited help online and posted results online. When her videos went viral, it caught the attention of the mainstream media. Sensing an attack on their monopoly of stupidity, the mainstream media flew into action and reporters from all corners of the country descended upon Gorilla Glue Girl to investigate. After days of research and interviews, the mainstream media concluded it was a classic case of systemic racism and white privilege. Having successfully defended their monopoly and scoring points for social justice, the mainstream media breathed a collective sigh of relief. Then a wave of solidarity swept through the mainstream media and they jointly announced the adoption of the motto, we're proud, but we don't know why. Since the mainstream media has beaten the social justice warrior aspect of the story to death, we decided to investigate how dangerous stupid can be and is it a threat to humanity? So we sent our investigative reporter Brent into the field. Over to you, Brent. Thanks, Joe. I'm standing in front of the Oxford Center for the Study of Stupid, where they study real-life cases of stupid and how dangerous they can be to themselves and others. The director of the center is Dr. Quinn, a man of outstanding reputation. He holds several university, graduate, doctoral, and postdoctoral degrees. He has won virtually every award in the book, and he even has a couple of awards named after him. He is the pioneer and the authority on the research of stupid. So when we sat down, I posed a question. Given how dangerous stupid can be and the growth in stupid in both breadth and depth over the last several years, 
What does that say about the continued survival of mankind? Here's what he had to say. We're fucked! When I asked him to elaborate, he gave me his card and scheduled me for an appointment next Tuesday. Back to you, Joe. And now we move on to our segment on getting to know your broadcaster. This is where I share stories of my life for you to actually get to know me. I call it Welcome to My World. But first, a disclaimer. You will be psychologically and emotionally scarred. Actually, it's more of a promise. The disclaimer is for liability purposes. However, you may qualify for prescription-level Class A narcotics. So welcome to my world, if you dare. I live a long ways from home, so most of my relationship with family is by phone. I call home every other day a few weeks ago. I called home and Mom answered the phone as usual since she is usually sitting in her chair watching TV with the phone next to her at that time. Instead of saying, hello, how are you? I decided to change it up and say, hello, what are you doing? My mom responded with, I'm watching donkeys play baseball. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was traumatized. My mind was blown. Was this a shit test? You know, the equivalent of, does this dress make me look fat? Am I crazy or is the world crazy? I decided I could not give an answer with enough conviction to pass this test. Then curiosity arrived to save the day, and so I asked my mom why she was watching donkeys play baseball. If you lived a thousand lifetimes, you could not guess her answer. She answered, because it's more entertaining than watching donkeys play basketball. This trauma hit dead center and informed me of the prior trauma as well. Large beads of sweat were forming on my forehead. My entire body was trembling, and there was an uncontrollable urge to curl up into the fetal position. So I take deep breaths to regain control of the meltdown. After several deep breaths, I calm down enough to realize that I've been sucked into some sort of alternate parallel donkey-verse, and all I want to do is go home and go to bed. I figure that any new door is a trap and that the best strategy is to back out. So I ask my mom what channel it's on. She responds, I don't know. How did you get there? I don't know. Well, what channel were the donkeys playing basketball on? I don't know. How did you get there? I don't know. Ah! To this day, I believe Nagasaki and Hiroshima were plan B. Mom was plan A. She could lay a guilt trip like no other. Finally, they decided we're trying to win the war, not exterminate the Japanese. And I don't mean she would make you feel so sad or depressed that you would take your life. I mean she could make you embrace death like the love of your life, enthusiastically smiling from ear to ear. Is this a mother thing? Irish? Jewish? Southern? Please comment and let me know. With my luck, I'm sure I hit the trifecta. Backed into a corner, I realize I have to fight. So I call my own mom crazy and a liar. And we quibble for minutes. Finally, she ends the dispute with the ultimate insult you can get from an old person. Google it. She's never used Google. I didn't even know she knew Google existed. Now my elderly mother is using technology against me. I've worked for software companies and use sophisticated software my entire career. I can feel the burn.
A few days later, curiosity gets the better of me, and so I Google donkeys playing baseball, knowing full well that I'm going on that FBI list with the likes of Ted Kaczynski, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Ted Bundy. You know, the most famous psycho and sociopaths in the last half century. And I'll be damned. It brought up results. There was even a team half an hour from the town I grew up in. And further down the list was donkeys playing basketball. When I say there was a team, I mean they played games, had a league, and kept box scores. When I told my brother about the team half an hour away, he said, Don't they have anything better to do? And I'm like, Don't the donkeys have anything better to do? Anyways, I'm still in the doghouse, but I am back on speaking terms with my mom. And as we began, so shall we end. Welcome to my world. And now we move into the meat and potatoes segment. Strategies, analogies, observations, and insights. The overarching strategy, or the la grande photo of liberals, is fear and anger. They care about two things, making you afraid of it and who's to blame. I'll provide a list from the last few years and let you fill in the blanks. Mexicans are rapists. Russian election hoax. Charlottesville. Confederate statues. Founder statues. Cops killing blacks. Riots. COVID. The march on the Capitol. I could go on. You're being manipulated. Now that you know that fear is being used against you, you can stand up to it and resist. The mainstream media and the liberal establishment are the chicken littles of the country. Treat them with the contempt they deserve. Next, we take a fresh look at January 6th and the march in the Capitol. What did this day show us about leadership? The left and the press were pushing panic like there was no tomorrow. That it was an insurrection. The casualties didn't amount to the aftermath of a rock and roll or heavy metal concert, despite many more than the average concert. Yet everyone panicked, even the conservative media. And no one in the media thought to communicate to the so-called insurrectionists to leave the Capitol peacefully. All of Congress had been escorted to safety before the Capitol had been breached. Why couldn't they call for the crowd to peacefully vacate the Capitol? I'm sure they have instant access to the media. Where were you? Pelosi? Schumer? McConnell? Congress? The situation cried out for a leader to step forward. Congress was silent. The Vice President-elect Harris was silent. President-elect Joe Biden was silent. The silence was deafening. All of them and the media cried out for President Trump to save them. And he did. He wasn't panicked. He had the courage to leave. The contrast was so stark it was like the difference between a man and an ant. And after the Capitol was scoured thoroughly and declared safe, the cowards of Congress reconvened under cover of darkness. They called themselves brave, courageous, even heroes. Then they proceeded to ratify a fraudulent election and began impeachment proceedings for the president who had just saved their candy asses. Fearmongers are a dime a dozen. True leaders rare. And now we will drill down on a few of these stories to illustrate that we are actually living in cartoon world. Let's start with BLM, Antifa, and the riots. 
plagiarizing Blazing Saddles, where the black sheriff took himself hostage to avoid a lynching, liberal cities took themselves hostage by allowing, supporting, and promoting the riots. And nobody got it. If there was ever a moment to point and laugh, this was it. Elsewhere, the Fed began pumping massive amounts of money into banks for liquidity issues and also promised massive amounts of money for the COVID shutdowns. When one Fed official was asked what they would do if there was too much money, he replied, then by God, we'll print more. No matter the question, it always has the same answer. Print money. The Fed and the central banks have become the I am Groot of the financial and economic world. And BLM and Antifa members were shocked to find out that they were promoting slavery in the form of communism. That's right. If the government controls the means of production, it controls you, making you a slave. Like the saying goes in tech, if you don't know what the product is, you're the product. In communism, if you can't own property, you are the property. It's too early to say if BLM and Antifa will begin erecting statues of the biggest slave owners in history. In a landmark dismissal, SCOTUS managed to do more damage than its worst decisions. In saying Texas didn't have standing, SCOTUS effectively sanctioned criminal states where election fraud took place and simultaneously seceded Texas from the Union. There were so many dismissals of election fraud cases that it was seen as a worker strike for judges and that they might need to create and join a union. And in our strategy fails segment, we examined the first presidential debate. President Trump had the strategy of making Biden look mentally unfit for office, which would be characterized by attacking him in the debate and getting Biden to lose the debate. This is actually a lot harder than just winning the debate. Why would this fail? First, Biden's team was making sure he was well-rested and well-awake when he was awake. Second, he probably had the debate questions beforehand. Finally, you're not going to bring over any female votes by creating sympathy for your opponent. This was Trump's second chance to make a first impression to America at large, backed up with a great record. Then he got hit with the white supremacy question and screwed the pooch. I know it was Wallace or Fox, but he had already had an interview with Wallace where Wallace was contentious. You know, the only thing that surprises me more than when Republicans are called racist is they're being genuinely surprised and speechless every time. Anyways, President Trump complained about having to answer the question and that they asked. This made him look bad. Blacks will feel like they were just a political tool and it discredits the genuinely good work he did for minorities. He should have been prepared. Here's what I would have said. I'm happy to denounce white supremacy, but first I would like to explain myself. Like most Americans, I believe actions speak louder than words. So what have I done since coming into office? Had several meetings with minority leaders and listened to their concerns. I achieved the lowest unemployment rate for minorities. I reversed the law which disproportionately punishes minorities. And I established permanent funding for historically black colleges. And what has Joe done? Pushed segregation, opposed busing, pushed a crime bill that disproportionately punishes my minorities and whose longtime friend and mentor was a ranking member of the KKK. You tell me who the bigot is, who the supremacist is. I denounce white supremacy. Now the facts about Joe are well known in the media. 
Yet have they asked Joe to denounce white supremacy or his longtime white supremacist friend? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you systemic racism. President Trump would have gotten a lot more minority votes if he doesn't botch this question. In fact, he lost minority votes that he had. Because of the way this debate went, President Trump not only lost this debate, but the other debates because it had turned off so many potential voters from even tuning in. Now we move on to election fraud. If you have any doubt that there was election fraud, listen to the mathematicians and the statisticians. When they say something is mathematically or statistically impossible, you should believe it. That usually means one in a million at a minimum. That means there was a 99.9999% chance there was fraud. That is far beyond a preponderance of evidence or better than 50%, and even beyond a reasonable doubt. It is so close to beyond all doubt that you could only be more certain by subpoenaing the Almighty. There should be no need for more evidence. This illustrates starkly how mathematically and statistically incompetent America is. Period. End of story. Impeachment for the second time was a joke. They introduced no evidence in the House, they just took a vote. So what did they argue about in the Senate? Nevertheless, both sides made arguments that the President was found innocent. Many conservatives celebrated the win, but the Dems had just successfully tried the president for the exercise of his First Amendment rights and encouraging his supporters to do so as well. This is expressly for what the government exists to protect for all citizens. Now we move to our Bohica segment. Bohica stands for Bend Over, Here It Comes Again. We encourage showering after this segment. Even though we have shut down, worn masks, socially distanced, and closed schools. The arrival and dispersal of the various vaccines means we should continue to wear masks, socially distance, shut down, and close schools. And of course, another COVID bill that drives us further into debt, destroys business, and loses homes and properties. A trans woman is being allowed to compete in the Olympics. This reminds me of an old Robin Williams joke about female athletes in East Germany and Russia who were doping like no, no tomorrow long ago. A female Russian weightlifter says to her coach, I'm growing a lot of hair. He says, where? And she replies, on my balls. And therein lies the solution. It shouldn't be women or men. It should be with balls or without balls. Here's to hairy balls. Told you you'd need to shower. Next, we have a book to recommend. This is a personal finance book. If you want to get your personal finances together and don't want to mess with the books that try to turn you into a professional investor or portfolio manager, this is the book for you. It boils down investing in personal finance for the average person. The name of that book is Your Financial Perp Walk. See the links in the description below. And we end with an appeal to the people. I hope this broadcast has given you a feeling for the true state of the union. I think we are down to our last line of defense, the people. That is the only thing that government is truly afraid of. We are just a step or two away from violence being the only solution. You will need to voice your discontent at the censorship and oppression we are now under against the attack on the Second Amendment. Let everyone know in government that you can. And let's take the low-hanging fruit. Say no to the social media platforms that are abusing us. 
Delete your accounts and apps today. Say no to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, and Google search. Replace them with Parler, BitChute, Library, or Odyssey, and DuckDuckGo. Let them know you cancel, I delete. And let that be your motto. Hashtag, you cancel, I delete. Don't hesitate, do it now. That concludes this broadcast. If you are interested in any future broadcasts, let me know in the comments. Godspeed.